is Locked on Jazz for the 7th of January. The Utah Jazz, or at least some semblance of them, are in Toronto to face the Raptors. What are we going to see and why is this going on? Plus, I opened up a new spreadsheet. Oh my gosh, the excitement. Fun little toys to play with to share fun numbers reviewing the season. Check out the standings. It just got really interesting. And it's a points game Friday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it more fun to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Thanks to those of you who have subscribed on YouTube as well. Uh, if you're new to the show, that whole little bub-bub-bub-bump thing is because 10 years ago we started the show and we had no production, we had no staff, we still don't really. Now we're just part of a big, massive network that came out of nowhere. Um, and so I did that and we started the show that way because it was kind of a symbol that we had no production, we had to do all of our own stuff. That was 10 years ago and we're still doing it. If you're wondering, just thought of someone was new. Um Good morning to Cody and Tyler and Andy, who jumped on early in our chat room today. So uh, kind of as anticipated with the current rules on health and safety protocol and the spread going on with the Jazz, really everything's kind of anticipated here today. One is Joe Ingles got uh, tested positive. He's in Denver. And so you kind of know that the spread is coming. There has not been a team yet that has had this come across their deck and then not you know, spread across the whole deck or at least a great portion of it. And so then ball number two fell when, when Rudy didn't feel well the next day, Rudy tested twice negatively on rapids. And then his overnight test came back um, and he was positive. So now he's in healthy safety protocols Um, or at least we'll see whether or not um, maybe another test shows that he's not or something like that. But I think in likelihood, he's in those overnight tests are pretty accurate. So he's in health and safety protocols. So you're beginning to have the spread go on amongst the team. And now all of a sudden, you go to Toronto. And if you test positive in Toronto with the Toronto Canadian quarantine rules, you're there for 14 days. Oh, that is so depressing when that happens. That, that, that is pure sadness. Like I've already drunk my coffee this morning. I just went to have another sip of coffee. I've already drunk my coffee this morning. Um, so what the end result is, is that we have an injury report right now. That is the following Joe Ingalls is out health and safety protocols. Rudy Gobert's out health and safety protocols. Mike Conley's out right knee recovery. Boyan Bogdanovich is out left middle finger sprain. Um, that is a big time injury. He's been battling through the whole time. Donovan Mitchell's out lower back strain. And then Royce O'Neal. Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, and Rudy Gay are all questionable. Now, I don't know entirely what happens here, but basically the goal is to get in at this point is to get in and out of Toronto. 
That that's that's the goal is for the Jazz to get in and out of Toronto. So who plays tonight? You have to have eight players that are available. You can't play a game. And we will have Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, I believe, Malik Fitz, Udoka Azubuke, Daniel, Daniel House, um, and then Trent, I said Trent Forrest, and some variation of that tonight uh, going up against the Toronto Raptors, who have won four in a row, are finally healthy, have won nine of 13, are hot, force a ton of turnovers, are incredibly difficult to play. Probably one of the most difficult teams to play. Eric Paschal, Elijah Hughes, I think I forgot. So you have a comment. Here's what I think we have. Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, Eric Paschal, Elijah Hughes, Malik Fitz, Doka Azabuke, possibly some Hassan Whiteside if if he clears. And I don't even know, like, to what level you go here. Do you, do you, like, literally leave the other guys in the hotel so they have no exposures and then pick them up on the way home? Or on the way to get out of town to get to Indiana tomorrow? I don't have any idea how this works. We're in a new, unchartered territory. Um, it's kind of crazy. So that, you know, hey, we get these guys get a bunch of run tonight against an incredibly hard team to play. Uh, fellow rookie Scotty Barnes is playing really well, but Pascal Siakam has clicked in. Pascal Siakam's last five games, he's averaging 25 points a game, 11 rebounds, seven assists. Um, in probably the best five-game stretch of Pascal Siakam's career. Uh, Toronto drafts these athletes. He's 6'9", 230. They've got O.G. Ananobi, whose brother played for the Chicago Bears, and O.G. Ananobi looks like he could play for the Chicago Bears. His last five games, 19 points, six rebounds, two assists, and then Fred Van Vliet, talk about a find, one of the great draft pick or one of the great pickups of all time. I think he was undrafted, wasn't he? Largest contract ever by an undrafted athlete. I mean, undrafted player is averaging 21 points, five rebounds, seven assists for the season. And in the last five games, averaging played four of the fives, played averaging 30 points, four rebounds, seven assists. So, and they'll trap and they're long and they're athletic. And ironically enough, like they're everything that is an NBA team that would expose somebody who's not an NBA team, if that makes sense. So what I mean by that is if any of our guys who are going to get their extended run tonight have any type of weakness. So Jared Butler's a little small, Elijah Hughes, a little heavy legged. Like, I don't know, like you can find whatever you want. I'm not trying to criticize, but just whatever that might be that each of them might have, you're going up against a roster that is just long and athletes. Um, and the funny one about, there was one moment we played Toronto. If you, you ever now want to know what a GM's interested in, Masai Ujiri, Chris Boucher, and Delano uh, Banton, who's their rookie out of Nebraska, uh, checked in at the same time. They're the only two players in the entire league that are six feet nine, 200 pounds, I think. And they're on the same roster. So clearly that's what they're interested in. Scotty Barnes is 6'9", 227, is pretty perfect. Precious Acho is 6'8", 225, pretty perfect. Pascal Siakam is 6'9", 230. OG Ananobi is 6'9", 230. Ken Birch, who's not athletic, is 6'9", 230. That's what these guys are. Chris Boucher, 6'9", 200. 
Delano Banton, 6'9", 200. Like, that's, they're long, they're fast, they cover space, they're athletic, they're the number one team in the league enforcing uh, opponents' turnovers at 18% of possessions. They're the number two team in the league in offensive rebounding, like pure athlete stats. So, our young guys, this is, as, honestly, I actually can't think of a bigger challenge um, to see out there. Daniel House is with the team. I, I don't, you know, I haven't, the Daniel House who played last year um, and really the Daniel House, let me rephrase that. The Daniel House who played this year is, was not good, right? You shot 29% from three, 33% from the field. Like whatever re- happened in those 17 games, he just wasn't good. And he only played sparing in 2021. He only played 36 games uh, and wasn't as good. And that's without Harden. But you go back to the Daniel House who played with Harden. That's that's a guy that could help us. Um, I mean, really, I don't want to get too excited, but he's kind of the exact piece of a puzzle we don't have. Now, I'm not expecting, again, anytime we talk about this, I always ask the same question, like, Whose minutes do you actually think he's taking? Um, but if you go back and look at the 1819 Houston Rockets and Daniel House, he had the fifth best plus minus on the roster. They were in the 90th percentile offensively when he was on the floor. They were a little worse when he was on the floor defensively. So you wouldn't want to put him into the defensive stopper category. He played a tremendous amount of his minutes with Harden, which is what worked for him, but like we don't have Harden in that same incredible fashion, but we do have the same concept that other people are creating opportunities for you. And the question will will certainly be, you know, one of the key things to us, Royce O'Neal being kind of the most limited of all of these, but he's actually figured it out, is that, you know, when you swing it around, can he make enough of a play? The guys I've talked to, around the league say he can dribble and he can pass. He's not Mo Harkless or Al Farouk Aminu who can't do those things. Um, but, you know, if you go back to the 18-19 season with House, he plays 1,250 possessions with Harden on the floor, and largely because of Harden, not because of House, but their offense is in the 100th percentile. Like, that's – he was part of that perfect offense, and he played almost exclusively with Harden. He played 1,257 possessions with Harden he played 571 without him they were still plus 5.5 when he was on the floor without him and their defense was good um and and that's you know that's the that was the 1819 season if you look at the 1920 season pre-bubble and he you know he has that he gets uh sent out of the bubble and honestly hasn't played as well since um when he was in that season uh with Harden and uh, the 1920 season, uh, D'Antoni extends, he plays 3,000 minutes or uh, possessions with Harden and 900 possessions without him. So, I mean, he's playing 75% of his minutes with the best players on the floor. The unique thing to us is that we actually have, um, we have always have that set up. All right. Uh, nerd alert. We're going to geek out. There's not a lot to talk about today. So we're going to geek out. I have a fun little spreadsheet that tells me all sorts of fun little trends and things how we do, how we're doing. And then we're going to points gained it. So from here on out, we're going to nerd alert, even though like my hair is as crazy as it is. Clearly I slept on this side. Of, what side? No, this side. 
yeah, whatever. Slept on this side of my head. Um, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't powder up for you this morning. Uh, it is locked on jazz, and the Friday edition is brought to you by my friends at Murdoch Hyundai, located at forty six forty six South State Street, and uh, located as well uh, in Logan and in Linden. The uh, Murdochs, truly incredible people, have decided they will not increase price over MSRP with all that is going on in the world right now. Blake just simply said to me last time I saw him, like, I don't want to go to the grocery store or the church and see somebody I took extra money from. Because times were tough, so we're going to take more money from you. Seems kind of the opposite of what we stand for. So that's who the Murdochs are. That's what they're doing. The Murdoch lineup is outstanding. I'm driving a Kona right now. You've got the Santa Fe, which we've purchased two of in the house. You also have the Kusan and then the beautiful Palisade. The Sonata is, and the um, Elantra, the Elantra was named North American Car of the Year. The Sonata is the sedan that I had for a long time. And somebody bought my red. I hope whoever it is bought it likes it. It really was a nice car. I was very much enjoying that car. Uh, So anyway, it's all at Murdoch Hyundai. If you're going to head down there, feel free to email me first at DLock09. Inventory is coming in, all going to be by February, so you'll actually be able to get everything pretty quickly um, here. So feel free to email me at DLock09 at gmail.com, and then I'll set you up with a VIP meeting, give you the VIP treatment at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, check out Prize Picks. Use the promo code NBA to go to the App Store. Download the app today. Prize Pick is daily fantasy made easy. It's pretty fun, and it's an easier way to play fantasy than um, some other things out there. You can get your picks done super fast. Uh, you can mix and match sports, uh, all sorts of fun things. Uh, you've been hearing about it for a while, so hopefully you've signed up. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers NBA props, more NBA props than any other DFS operators, and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players. You could actually have a real fun today with the Jazz roster, with what you know about the Jazz roster and DFS, probably. Prize Pick offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes, and more. All the users that deposit use the promo code will receive 100% instant deposit to match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. I'm serious. Prize picks it today. Pick two to five players over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times an entry. It's up to you. It's you versus projected numbers. Jared Butler projected numbers should be good today. Elijah Hughes is going to shoot a lot on projected numbers. Joe Gazabuke should be dunking. I don't know if he's going to be rebounding. He doesn't do a lot of that. I don't know. You'll have to figure it out. Go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You, you might even go Pascal Siakam or OG and nobody. All right, here I want to geek out. All right. So I have a spreadsheet that just kind of runs all of our games for us and lets me look at various things. So offensively, you know, here we are. By the way, just kind of a note um, that I wanted to, to get out there. Has anyone looked at the standings recently? Kind of interesting. Like, kind of like, all right, we're third. Da, da, da. So the Warriors lost again last night, 101-96. They were playing without Steph, without Draymond. Andrew Wiggins at 21. New Orleans stepped up. Herb Jones played pretty well. Uh, Brandon Ingram had 32. And they got the win. So all of a sudden, the Jazz are now a single game behind the Warriors and two games behind the Suns. Like, we're in a run for one here. Memphis is actually only three games behind us, and Dallas is ten ga- is eight games behind that. So we're going to get home court. 
we're now dealing with health and safety protocols. Can we stay alive during health and safety protocols without Rudy Gobert for a few games, without Joe Ingles for a few games, and without whoever comes next? It's going to be awfully hard. The Warriors haven't have been struck by it a little bit, not dramatically, and Phoenix has, has avoided it you know, a little bit, not dramatically. Um, so we'll see what happens. But you know, this is a tough stretch. If we can stay alive during this stretch somehow, go and grab the win in Indiana tomorrow night, that would be mammoth, and then we play Detroit, and hopefully even shorthanded we can get that. So anyway, um, we have played 38 games. So we're about the halfway mark. So it's kind of interesting. The last five games, we've kind of clicked back in offensively. Our offensive performance has been our 10th, 21st, 23rd, 14th, and 17th. So all kind of on the front half. We really had quite an offensive slump there for a little while. We, against uh, middle of December, we had our 35th offensive game against Washington, our 30, 30th offensive game against Charlotte. We're good against Minnesota because their defense style is crazy. Then we are 28th against Dallas and 33rd against San Antonio. So we really just kind of, we, we blinked offensively. We also had, it's almost as like the leagues had to react because from November 27th, second game against the Pelicans, to December 15th against the Clippers, who were pretty limited that night, we had our number one, number two, number three, number five, number seven, and number eight offensive games of the year. So we had six of our best or seven of our best, six of our best eight. Sorry, that's the way I want to say it. Six of our best eight offensive games from November 27th until December 15th. And then since then, we actually haven't had another game in the top eight. We've had nine and 12 and 14. But we haven't hit that level again. We've improved a little bit recently, but we have not hit that level again. We are the number one offense in the league. Um, still, by a pretty dramatic amount um and and you know it's looking back at it now like we thought we didn't start the year well and we are 100 right so if you look at our offensive performances that were in the 30s in our first 13 games we had one two three four five of our worst eight offensive games and actually had six of our worst nine offensive games to start the year so yes kind of always as is the theme of the quinn Snyder team we were slow to start on the defensive end, we really just haven't, like, we're really good to start the year. We had four of our best um, offensive outings in the first six games. It's a little, da- it's against Oklahoma City. Sacramento game was good. Houston, who was terrible, and Milwaukee was shorthanded. So that's not great. Um, our our best defensive night was Philadelphia in Philadelphia, but I think Joel Embiid didn't play, or at home. Then we, our other one was the loss to the Pelicans. We're actually really good defensively. Good defensively at Minnesota. And then at Philadelphia, again, we were good defensively. And at Washington, that three-game sequence of that road trip where Minnesota, Philadelphia, Washington, and then we came back to play the Clippers is the best four-game stretch we've played defensively all year long. That was our fifth, eighth, tenth, and thirteenth best defensive games of the year. We were good against Charlotte defensively. And then we really have not been very good defensively again. Like, so... You know, in regards to us, right? So in the last nine games, almost all but one of them have been 20th or worth in ranking. So worse than on the bottom half of our defensive performances. So, you know, not great. Um, where have we been shooting on an offensive end? I was trying to see if any of that's changed. It has a little. Teams have certainly clamped down. We had this crazy stretch. Um, oh, wait, I got the wrong season up. Where of our corner threes and teams have begun to take away our threes a little bit. And so um, 
that has that has certainly become um, a part of this a little bit. Uh, until the last three games, we got we got back to so we had a crazy stretch, as I was saying, from November thirteenth to about a month, December eighth, where we shot nine or more corner threes in every game and had 17, 19 incredible corner three numbers. And then it's like teams like, oh, well, we can't actually give you those. Other than Minnesota and their wacky defense, where we got 17, we were then under 10 for all for about eight of 10, 11 games. Um, and we got 12 against the Hornets. We got 10 against uh, the Clippers and 17 against Minnesota. But otherwise, we were under 10. Until our last three games, we kind of got back to it. 12 against the Warriors, 10 against the Pelicans, and 10 corner threes against Nuggets. That's always kind of the number to me to tell me whether our offense is working. You know, ideally you're getting to the rim, but teams can take that away. Our floater game feels like it's up a great deal, which makes me a little nervous. We're shooting 46.6% on the floater. It's the best in the league. Still just 46.6%. So it's not great. Um, And it makes me a little, little nervous on that. All right, here's some other fun ones. I told you we were geeking out. I didn't lie to you. Don't don't feel as though you've been misrepresented here. Um, On things, let me check where we are on time. this is where everyone is shooting um, on the floor. All right, we'll come back, or let me just pay a bill, and then we'll um, – where guys are shooting well on the floor, and then we'll do points gained um, on that as well. So that's um, coming for you. I, I kind of like this one. This one tells you kind of where everyone's shooting in their various ranges and things of that sort. So we'll I'll have that for you next. There's some interesting um, numbers, both good and bad. Uh, coming up for you on this. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You think I can do a Built Bar ad? Uh, you know Built Bar? No, because they're kind of chewy. They're so good, but that's my coconut brownie breakfast Built Bar right there. You can go to Built Bar, use the promo code LOCK15, and you will get yourself a fabulous treat, whether it's ruby chocolate, the puffs are out, eggnog is available, caramel almond delight, looks like gingerbread is gone. Coconut brownie chunks still exist, thank goodness. Caramel macchiato available as well. Um, and the specialty flavors, and then the regulars are all there. Mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, salted caramel, coconut. It does look like a little bit of inventory slipping away. So go right now to builtbar.com or go to built.com, promo code LOCKED15. It is the candy bar or protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 net char- sugar, Four, six grams of fiber and 17 grams of protein. It is Built Bar. Today's show also brought to you by Shopify. Are you building a company? Because Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to grow your business. The same way we've tried to grow this podcast, this network, you can do the same. You can grow, start, run, and grow your business through Shopify. It gives entrepreneurs the resource once reserved for big businesses. So upstairs, startups, uh, stab upstarts. I do that every time. Upstart startups, established business, like all can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in person, effortlessly stay informed. Scale your businesses is a journey of endless possibility. And Shopify is here to help power millions of businesses like yours from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online across social networks, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the more than a store, Shopify grows with you. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA, all lowercase for a 14-day free trial. Get Shopify's full access to an entire suite of features and grow your business today. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right, fun little notes. I have the where everybody shoots around the basket. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert is at 77% and has taken 247 shots in the restricted area. That is a really big number. I'll bet it's close to the top of the league. Donovan Mitchell is finishing 65% at the rim, taking 155 shots. Boyan Bogdanovich is up at 68%. Boyan was at the 50s last year when he wouldn't want to, didn't want to fall on his wrist. It's a massive difference um, for his game. Hassan Whiteside's at 74%. We shoot 70% at the rim, number one in the NBA. Joe Ingles is at 75%. He's only taken 20 shots, though. Mike Conley is at taking 47 shots. He's only at 60%. Jordan Clarkson's taking 76. He's only at 60. Floater zone. Donovan's taking 158 shots in the floater zone. Paint non-restricted. He's at 47%. Clarkson's taking 117. He's at 50%. Mike Conley's at 113. He's at 49 Late in the shot clock, those are probably pretty good numbers. You just don't want to rely on them. But those are actually pretty decent numbers late in the shot clock. Rudy Gobert has 13 field goals in the paint non-restricted, which is way more than usual, but he's only shooting 34%. Joe Ingles is 14 of 25. Royce O'Neal's 5 of 16. Long twos, we've only taken 183 all year. Crazy low number. Donovan is shooting 51%. Very important number. Um... Clarkson shooting just 30%. Boyan shooting just 30%. Mike Conley shooting just 33%. Rudy Gay shooting 29%. Though Donovan can take the long twos and everybody else can stay away. Corner three shooting. Boyan's taking 96. So if he gets four tonight, it'll be his 100th corner three. He's making 46%. Anytime Bogey gets a corner three, you should be fired up and you can hear it in my call. I think it's going in. Uh, next most frequent corner three shooter is Jordan Clarkson at 40%. 39%. That's great. Jordan gets a corner three. That's good. Then Royce O'Neal, 57 attempts. He's at 39%. And Joe Ingles is at 45 attempts at 38. Here's the weird one. Donovan's at 28% on almost always could be catch and shoot corner threes. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Mike Conley's at 44%. Rudy Gay's at 41%. We shoot 39% on corner threes. Eric Pascal, seven of 20. Uh, above the break three. So these are often off the bounce or they're catch and shoots. Donovan leads us, taking 289. He's hitting just 35%. That'll that'll warm up as he starts to make his catch and shoot, which he's beginning to do. And another day off on his back would be good. Um, the next most frequent is Jordan Clarkson. He's shooting 29% on his above the break three. That's a problem. See if he can get that straightened out. Uh, Mike Conley's at 43% on above the break threes, which is pretty great. That one little step to the right where the catch and shoot. Um, Joe Ingles is at 38%, which is pretty great. Boyan Bogdanovich is at 40%. Pretty great. Royce O'Neal's at 39%. Pretty great. Fact of the matter is, if you suddenly take Jordan Clarkson out of the mix here, this is pretty crazy. Donovan Mitchell is not great at 35% on above the break. But then all of a sudden, Boyan's at 40. Joe's at 38. Royce is at 39. Mike's at 42. Above the break, three-point shooting at 40% is elite, elite level. Rudy Gay's at 37%. Kind of a fun thing there. All right, last little fun note, and then I want to do points gained. Uh, we can actually probably do this another day, but this is kind of fun. I have just what we are. I have a fun little thing that tells us um, how we do in a close game. So game-tying shots this year were four for 17 as a team, one for 11 from three. You're never very good at these. Go-ahead baskets, though, were thir- 13 of 29. Donovan has three. Conley has three. Boyan has three. We're 10 of 17 on three on go-ahead shots. So you can kind of play along with this. And what I've done is I put it into the fourth quarter of the game. And like, 
I think I have it. Yeah. Fourth quarter overtime in the final. Let's see how much time I have on this as a graphic. Um, and I can kind of set it. What I, so I have it in the final five minutes. So clutch time, playing from behind, game time shots were four of 17. To get within one possession were 18 of 41. And to go ahead were 13 of 29 and 10 of 17 from three. Kind of fun. All right. Told you we were geeking out. Let's go to our um, points game. And we had, um, I don't have a ton of time because I actually have to leave in 10 minutes with my daughter. So it's got to be quick here. Uh, so we had this kind of interesting experience the other day where we found out that big guys are more important than ever. And it's still true. Jared Allen is one at 3.9. Rudy Gobert is two at 3.6. This is points above average with your possessions, most positive offensive impact. <coughs> Nikola Jokic is third. Kevin Durant is fourth at 3.1. LeBron is now fifth at 3.1, which is incredible. Rashawn Holmes, sixth, 2.8. Montres Harrell, 2.8. Carl Anthony Towns, 2.9. Zach Levine, 2.6. Remarkable. Demata Sabonis, 2.5. And then Robert Williams and Giannis Atatokounmpo. You notice Steph's not there. Steph's actually really beginning to struggle. Your bottom 10 guys in the league on points gained are of guys that are actually playing Jalen Suggs, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Giddy, Kevin Porter, Reggie Jackson, DeJounte Murray, Precious Achua, who we'll see today, D'Angelo Russell, interesting, Cade Cunningham, Nikola Vucevic, Ricky Rubio, Taylor Horton Tucker, Davion Mitchell, Darius Butler, and Alexi Pokashevsky. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks very much for tuning in. Have a wonderful weekend. Postcast after each game. See you soon.